This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we dig further into St. Luke's Gospel with Institution of the Holy Eucharist, Who is the Greatest?, Peter's Denial Foretold, Jesus Prays on the Mount of Olives, Betrayal and Arrest of Jesus. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Let us then confess our sins to God, our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done, 
Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for you and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. with you. Let us pray. O oh God, through the humiliation of your Son, you raised up the fallen world. Grant to your faithful people, rescued from the peril of everlasting death, perpetual gladness and eternal joys. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The epistle is from 1 Peter chapter 1. If you call on him as Father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile 
knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for your sake, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. This is the word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about all these things that had taken place. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. He said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? He said to them, What things? They said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a mighty prophet in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death 
and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the term early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that he had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. He said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going farther, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told him what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, peace, and mercy be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, covering up one's identity and not revealing it to others is, very, is a very popular theme in real life and in the world of films. Spies or undercover cops conceal their identity in order to infiltrate a certain group of people and to gain more information about them and then, if needed, apprehend them. 
In his identity, however, if it is revealed prematurely, then there's trouble for the agent and his life will be put in grave danger. In our story this morning, Jesus seems to be such an undercover cop hiding his identity before the two disciples he meets on the road to Emmaus. It is not he, but God the Father who conceals his identity before the two disciples. Their eyes, we are told, were kept from recognizing him. And what makes the Lord even stranger to them is that he inquires about the events that occurred in Jerusalem the past three days as if he didn't know about them what everyone else knew and was talking about. So who is the stranger, they thought. The two disciples' hope was dashed. They were disappointed. They were sharing with the Jews the hope that this Messiah and this promised King would liberate them from political oppression. And then in our account they share with the Lord a compelling witness, account of what happened in the last three days, his deliverance by the chief priests and rulers to be condemned to death, his crucifixion, the woman who went to the tomb, not finding his body but only angels who told them that the Lord was alive, that others too had gone to the tomb but did not find his body. To these two disciples, Jesus responds by sharing with them the true meaning of the events, namely that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory through his resurrection. And yet nothing seemed to click for these two disciples. Only when they invited him into their house, sat with him at the table, and seeing him take this bread, break it and bless it and giving it to them, only then was the veil of ignorance lifted and they recognized the stranger as their Lord. And so they rushed back to Jerusalem and reported back to the disciples what happened on the road and how he became known to them at their house through the breaking of the bread. This is a beautiful story we have heard just now. But what does it want to tell us? Luke, I think, wants to tell us that both you and I are having Christ very close and near to us. Just as the two disciples were in close proximity to the risen Lord, so we too are very close to the Lord. And yet in spite of, or even if he is found so close to us, his true identity is not always revealed, not grasped, often denied, even rejected. The epistle reading today and for this last Sunday speaks of this Christ as the one whose precious blood was spilled like that of a lamb without blemish or spot, redeeming us with that and not with perishable things like silver and gold. Jesus is not an undercover spy or agent with an ulterior motive to apprehend us, but rather to give us something special that he had earned on the cross for us through his death and resurrection.
though you and I do not see him like the disciples, that same Christ that appeared to them is also our Christ, showing himself to us in these last days through his eternal word. Where his word is, where death and resurrection of our Lord is preached to us and to the others, the Lord is present. An example of this we heard last Sunday also in the other reading in the book of Acts chapter 2, where Peter preached to the crowd at Pentecost. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made both Lord and Christ this Jesus whom you crucified. But the Christ becomes known only through the Holy Spirit. That is why Peter told his audience to repent and to be baptized, every one of you, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and then the Holy Spirit will be received. In other words, the resurrected Lord is near to all of us who hear his message, then and today. And his true identity is revealed to us through his spirit and received in faith. To this day, Christ comes to people who hear his word. But unfortunately, his identity is often not fully understood or confused with someone else. Bishop Obari of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Kenya, who is now retired, told me about his preaching in the northwestern region of Kenya to the tribe of the Pokot, largely still unreached. The tribe gathered around the bishop with the chief sitting in the center, and they listened closely to the sermon of Bishop Obari. And after he was finished, there was a long moment of silence before the chief got up slowly and said, this person you spoke about must be a very important man. Now, do you want us to vote for him? <laughs> Christ's identity is often misunderstood by people as the word is preached and administered to them. To remove the veil of ignorance, we need the Holy Spirit to come to us and help us understand and believe who he truly is namely our Savior and Redeemer, who was given unto death, crucified, and rose. The question Jesus once asked his disciples, who do you say I am, is a question he asks us also today. Who do you say I am? And he is the Christ, the living God, alive, not buried. Those of us who study theology know that even theologians hide or conceal deliberately his identity by stripping his death and resurrection from the history, from fact and from certainty. The historic event of his death and resurrection are not mere inventions of his disciples trying to make him out more than he really is. Now every time we hear the word of his death and resurrection, we must connect it to the 2,000 years ago event, and that has been witnessed by these two disciples, by 500 brethren, seeing the Lord as the resurrected one. And so today, 
May the Lord who is near to us in this word that comes to us today, may the Holy Spirit come upon us so that he may keep and preserve in us his true identity to our benefit and salvation. In his name, amen. church scattered throughout the world, that every heart may be sanctified, that all the baptized may avoid evil and engage in good conduct, and that in the midst of daily struggles they may receive strength to make the good confession, let us pray to the Lord. Lord For our nation, that we may set aside enmity and strife and join together for the good of all. For our cities and communities, that we may continue to care for the needs of the vulnerable and defenseless, and for those who defend our nation from every evil intent, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For children and young people, that they would receive the care and guidance that they need from their parents, their communities, and a large number of godly mentors, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who are sick, homebound, weighed down by chronic illness, that in accordance with God's will they would receive appropriate care and be able to look past their present trouble to the peace and joy that Jesus has prepared for all his people, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For those who rejoice over God's blessings, that they may, not, may receive them not only with thanksgiving, but also use these blessings to the glory of God and to one another. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen.
salutary, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God. And most especially we are bound to praise you on this day for the glorious resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, the very Paschal Lamb, who was sacrificed for us and bore the sins of the world. By his dying he has destroyed death, and by his rising again he has restored to us everlasting life. Therefore, with Mary, Magdalene, Peter, and John, and with all the witnesses of the resurrection, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you have had mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood, as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, 
from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in His kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory and honor and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as we drink this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. O Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, in giving us your body and blood to eat and to drink, you lead us to remember and confess your holy cross and passion, your blessed death, your rest in the tomb, your resurrection from the dead, your ascension into heaven, and your coming for the final judgment. So remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, peace of the Lord be with you always.
May the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you in true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, you have given us a foretaste of the feast to come in the Holy Supper of your Son's body and blood. Keep us firm in the true faith throughout our days of pilgrimage, that on the day of his coming, we may, together with all your saints, celebrate the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace.